0: Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hello, we are in week three of our series, Reengineer: The Art of Rising Strong. And uh, our anchor verse for the series has been Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27, where Jesus says the words, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And as we reflected on the scripture. We acknowledge that success can only be sustained if there is a strong foundation on which we build our lives, yet so often our focus and energy go into building a life of success while failing to ensure we have the foundation on which to sustain it. Augustine of Hippo said, Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plan a tower that will pierce the clouds. Lay first the foundation of humility lay first the foundation of humility. And as I was preparing, I realized this would have been the kingdom principle we, w- we should start with. Today we're going to look at the kingdom principle of humility in building a strong foundation in our personal lives. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says, When you act with presumption, convinced that you're right. Don't be surprised if you fall flat on your face. But walking in humility helps you make wise decisions the writer speaker and leadership expert jenny carton in her book clout says humility allows us to anchor our identity in christ first and live from a place of confidence in christ in us so humility anchors us in christ That's like building your life on the rock. You're anchored. But humility also allows us to rise strong. As James chapter 4 verse 10 in the Bible says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. The meaning of lift you up in the Greek there is to raise high. Humility anchors us in Christ and allows us to rise strong. Because at the end of the day, God wants to bless your rising success by anchoring your achievements on the foundation of his truth. To build upon the foundation of his truth requires walking in humility. But what is humility? Because often humility is misunderstood to mean humiliation. We often understand humility in the negative sense, to be put low, humiliated and shamed. For the ancient world, humility only had a negative meaning. Public honor was prized, but lowering yourself before an equal was despised. In the ancient world, taking hold of the honor due to your merit was perfectly acceptable, but lowering yourself to an equal was detested. Today, though, humility can also be viewed in a positive light. We may describe someone that we see as a great leader or someone that succeeded and describe them as both motivated visionaries that carry humility. So where did humility shift from being a weakness to a virtue, from being negative to having a positive meaning? And it's interesting because Professor John Dixon was part of a team who did a research project at Macquarie University's Department of Ancient History, in which they explored the origins of humility as a social virtue. Their research had no religious or theological bias, yet they concluded that the life and death of Jesus was the introduction of humility as a virtue rather than a weakness within secular history. John Dixon, the professor, wrote with his studies, While we certainly don't need to follow Christ to appreciate humility or to be humble, it is unlikely that any of us would aspire to this virtue were it not for the historical impact of his crucifixion on art, literature, ethics, law and philosophy. The virtue of humility is ours to embrace because of Jesus." God in flesh was the very one which reshaped humility from something which was understood as weakness to becoming a virtue we can aspire to. That means that humility today doesn't have to be the negative humiliation it once was, but in a positive context that now means the noble choice to lower yourself for the sake of others, just like Jesus did for us. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, it says, Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. It's funny because Professor John Dixon then goes on to describe how the first historically dateable reference to this shift in humility as a virtue through Christ comes from a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in the Roman colony of Philippi in northern Greece. And for you and I, it's actually documented in the pages of Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 to 5. And it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So, how do we embrace a humble attitude like Jesus? The answer to that begins with having a clear, accurate understanding and definition of true humility. And Professor John Dixon concludes with the following definition in his book, Humilitas. He says, Humility is the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources, or use your influence for the good of others before yourself. With that definition, there are three ways I believe we can respond to developing a life of humility like Christ. The first thing we do is number one, identify and embrace your strengths confidently. If we're called to leverage our strengths for the good of others, we need to have identified and embraced them in our personal lives. Very often we think humility is kind of deflecting from acknowledging any of our strengths and rather remaining weak and giving all the acknowledgement to God outside of who we are. Yet God gives us clear strengths he wants us to use in order to be leveraged for the good of others. Often people come to me and they say, "Um, Grant, that was a really cool preach. Thank you so much. And back in the day when I was younger, I would have said things like, Oh, brother or oh, sister, it's not me, it's the Lord. It's, it's the Lord. It's not me, brother or sister. In many ways, that response is actually false humility. Because if it's about leveraging my strength to help others, I need to be able to acknowledge and identify that. And if I can preach well because it's a grace gift God has given me, my response needs to be one of acknowledging that rather than denying it. And so... At this point in my life, I prefer to say thank you so much for the encouragement. I needed that. You need to identify and embrace your strengths confidently, number one. Number two, if you're going to live out of true humility, you need to identify and accept your limitations courageously. You see, identifying your strengths confidently... And accepting your limitations courageously is very important because a humble life leads through strengths, but connects through weakness. A humble life leads through strengths, but connects through weakness. And as I thought about that concept, I remembered Jesus, the one who reshaped humility into a virtue in the first place. And in Hebrews 4, verse 15 to 16, it speaks about our high priest Jesus And says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. God connected with us by living in human limitation. He connected with us through the weakness of the flesh. But that verse then goes on to say, Yet he did not sin. Jesus confidently knew his power to remain perfect amidst our imperfection. He did not sin, although we did, but because he led with strength as the perfect saviour, And connected with us through the weakness of our human flesh. We have the words of verse 16 that continue the scripture. And it says, Therefore let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because Jesus in his humility connected with our weakness. And led with strength. He was able to help us in our time of need. And this brings me to point number three. Three, if we want to live a humble life we need to ask ourselves how we can use our strengths to help others ask yourself how your strengths can be leveraged to help others john maxwell said success is when i add value to myself significance is when i add value to others If we build on the foundation of humility, we see God bless our success while living lives of significance. We might have all the blessing externally, but we have all the purpose internally. Because the focus of our success is not just on consuming, but contributing. And it all starts by number one, identifying and embracing my strengths. Number two, identifying and accepting my limitations. And number three, asking myself how I can leverage my strengths to help others. I pray that you would experience the words written in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, as you walk into your future. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had.